welcome to Career Sequel, the Return to Work podcast. If you're re-entering the workforce after a career break, you just found your one-stop shop. I'm your host, Dr. Lee Coles, industrial organizational psychologist, career strategist, and the founder of Career Sequel. Each week, I discuss strategies you can use to bridge your career gap and land flexible, meaningful work you'll love. My mission? To help you find a job that fits your life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Career Sequel Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lee Coles, and it's the first episode of 2023. I love that we get to hit the reset button every 12 months. I kind of feel like we get to shake it all out, start fresh. And for some of you, starting fresh may mean looking at new job opportunities that will eventually involve interviews. Today's episode comes from an article that I was asked to write for Fairy God Boss. If you're not familiar with Fairy God Boss, it's the largest online career community for women. It's free. So if you haven't checked it out yet, go ahead and check it out. You get access to career-related articles, and you can write in with job-related questions. And I'm one of the people who gets to answer those questions, which is really fun. The most recent article that I'm writing has to do with interview red flags. And this is from the hiring manager's perspective, the person who is going to do the hiring and conduct the interview. In my work as an industrial organizational psychologist, I've designed interviews, I've trained interviewers on how to select the best candidates for the job, and I've also been the one who has actually been interviewing people. And there are certain things that will cause you to lose the job in an interview, things that will make the interviewer say, next. (laughs) And in this episode, you're going to learn about those things. If you're thinking of transitioning to a new position, you're going to love this episode. If you know someone who's looking to change jobs, be sure to share this episode. Some of these red flags may surprise you. And I'm also going to share some things that you may think are red flags, but they actually aren't. Or maybe they used to be considered red flags, but they aren't anymore. My guess is that you may be spending a lot of time stressing about the wrong things, things that don't even matter. So my goal is to have you just have a huge sigh of relief by the end of this episode. I want you to know the biggest interview red flags. And once you know those, you can avoid them. And then you can also put to rest all those things that are plaguing you, those things that are worrying you that don't even matter. Are you ready? Let's do this. So first of all, let me begin by saying that the interviewer, the hiring manager, is not the bad guy, okay? The person who's conducting the interview desperately wants to meet you, and when they meet you, oh, they want to love you. So for the interviewer, it's like speed dating. She has consecutive appointments with several people, and each time someone enters the room, her hopes are high, and she wants you to be the one. So with this in mind, the first red flag for the interviewer or the hiring manager is the job candidate shows up late. So let's go back to that speed dating comparison. The hiring manager sitting there waiting, 
and waiting, and she had the expectation that the candidate was going to show up at a specific time, and now that expectation has been proven false. So when something unexpected like this happens, your brain automatically tries to put it in context. You start making up stories. Even if you don't want to, your brain... (laughs) has a mind of its own, and starts making up these stories. The stories can, maybe the stories give the candidate the benefit of the doubt. Oh, she got caught in traffic. She went to the wrong office. But your brain can also make up stories about what being late means about that tardy person. And you could see how this could play out if you're going on a first date. You're sitting at a restaurant. You're waiting. What begins with, Oh, the weather's bad. I hope he found a parking spot. That can morph into, he had second thoughts. He's inconsiderate. He took a look at me and decided to bail. So in the job interview context, tardiness can lead that hiring manager to think, well, he doesn't really care about this position. It means nothing to him that he's wasting my time. And that can so easily become, this person is selfish This person is flippant. This is the kind of person who drops the ball. Then the interviewer starts to imagine this ball dropper in her office. If the candidate is late to this very important meeting, how will he function if he actually has the job? So the red flag is officially raised. And I understand that some of us are habitually late. I totally get it. I've been there, but there are certain situations when the difference between being late and being on time is life-changing, and this is one of those times. So this is your very first impression. If it's a Zoom interview, show up early. If it's an in-person interview, arrive early. Just give yourself extra time to drive there, to get lost, to find parking, to walk into the wrong room, and then to find the appropriate room. Being prepared for your interview is going to demonstrate that you're a reliable person who will represent the organization in a positive way. Okay, red flag number two is the candidate hasn't done her research. So let's go back to our dating analogy. Imagine your date shows up, sits down across the table from you at the coffee shop, says hello, starts to talk, but it is clear that this person knows nothing about you. And even if you're using a dating app, you should know each other's general interests, maybe a bit of personality from their tagline. You've seen some pictures. You can see them in different contexts. If your date hasn't bothered to learn anything about you beforehand, the experience feels uncomfortable, unbalanced, one-sided. The hiring manager knows a lot about the job candidate, prior to the interview. She's read a cover letter, application. She's seen a resume detailing years of experience. She knows your educational background. So it's going to be an uncomfortable, unbalanced, and one-sided conversation if the job candidate hasn't taken the time to do some research. A candidate who goes into an interview cold without learning about the organization or its mission or philosophy or the job position sends a clear message, which is, I don't really care about this job. 
the hiring manager wants a candidate that not only cares about the job, but also cares about the organization. So she's going to ask questions to assess the degree to which a candidate has done their homework. And if you can't speak to an organization's history or mission or values, and these are all things that should be detailed on the company's website and their promotional materials, you're just going to get tossed from the running. So the moral is spend some time researching the job opportunity. And if you know the name of the person conducting the interview, learn about that person. Search online, check out the company website, look them up on LinkedIn to become acquainted with their background and experience. The third red flag for a hiring manager that will get you tossed out of the running is the candidate complains about her previous position. So if you had a poor experience in your past position, just keep it to yourself. There is no need to badmouth or to vent your grievances, even if you really want to, just don't, okay? Think about your hypothetical date, all right? You're sitting down for the first time with this person, you're excited to meet them, and she starts talking about her ex. Oh my God, he was so toxic and we fought all the time and I tried to make it work and my friends kept telling me to break up with him and then finally I did. Please no, <laughs> like no, N-O, <laughs> don't do this in the context of your job, okay? Regardless of who was in the right or who was wrong, that interviewer is going to wonder, like, what was the other side of the story? And it's also such a small world. People are connected more now than ever, so never gossip or badmouth others. You never know about pre-existing relationships or connections. If you need to explain a departure from a job, try to do it with a positive spin. Talk about what you enjoyed about the job. For example, you could say, I had collaborative coworkers, or I was able to hone my research skills. And then talk about what you're hoping to find in your future position. You can say, well, I wanted to transition to a more flexible work schedule. So go ahead and connect the dots to why you're interested in the current job opening. For example, I'm impressed by your company's commitment to a diverse, inclusive environment. Don't allow your negativity to be used against you. So frame your past experiences in a positive light, and then you're going to be seen as someone who brings harmony into the workplace, which everybody wants. The fourth red flag that will get someone tossed from the running is the candidate has low energy. Now, low energy translates into disinterest and boredom. So a date who sits across the table from you, doesn't make eye contact, is monotone, asks you nothing about yourself, that person's not going to get a second date, okay? <laughs> and a candidate who's flippant while discussing a job position is essentially saying, I'm ambivalent about this role. So if you want the position, come into the room prepared for a lively conversation and then Show genuine, genuine interest in the role. Maintain eye contact, answer questions thoughtfully and readily. And remember, interviewing is a two-way street. So come prepared with questions of your own. Here's some that you can ask. You can ask, what are you looking for in an ideal job candidate? 
What are the organization's biggest challenges? What do you feel sets this organization apart from its competitors? Those are all great questions to ask to really make sure to show that you're engaged. Now, the fifth red flag is the candidate doesn't follow up after the interview. The interview isn't over when it's over. What you do after your meeting can actually determine whether or not you receive an offer. So always follow up your conversation with a personal email to the interviewer. Thank him for his time. Mention something specific that you learned or enjoyed. For example, I appreciate the company's commitment to fostering a supportive culture. And then reiterate how you'd like to become a part of that organization. And if you were interviewed by multiple people, send each person an an email that's tailored to your specific conversation. And don't just cut and paste uh, the same email to all these people because they will probably share it with each other. There may be one person who's in charge of each candidate, so they'll be forwarding it to that person. It doesn't need to be long. A short and thoughtful message can have just as strong of an impact. If you really want to send stand out, mail your interviewer a handwritten note. Okay, this is so easy. It is such a good way to get a leg up and to be remembered. And people just don't take the time to do it. If you do it, you will set yourself apart as someone who's thoughtful and purposeful and someone who really wants to become a part of the organization. Now think about it. If you go on a date with someone and you want to see them again, you follow up. You don't just say goodbye and never reach out again. That wouldn't make any sense. And so it also doesn't make sense if you don't follow up after a job interview. Now, maybe some of you just interviewed for a job or interviewed recently and you forgot to send a thank you note or a thank you email. Um, You may have been exhausted or stressed or you just didn't get around to it. Now, of course, it is best to send a response in a timely manner but late is better than never. So it's okay. Go and send that email now. Just send a note. Don't grovel explaining why you're late. You can even begin your email by saying, I keep thinking about how much I enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about, you know, and then go on about the job position Add a sentence or two that details what you admire about the company and why you'd be a great fit, and then you should be covered. So I've just gone over five red flags. Did any of these red flags surprise you? There are some things that people focus on and worry about so much that aren't even red flags. So I want I wanted to just pay special attention to this. So listen up. Tell me if you've ever stressed about these three things, okay? The first one is being nervous. Now, don't worry. This is not a red flag. It's okay to be nervous. The hiring manager expects that a candidate may be nervous, at least at first. So don't be nervous about being nervous. It's okay. It's natural. And usually you're feeling that way because you care. Your brain senses that this is important to you. And then it releases adrenaline and a shot of adrenaline can serve you in an interview. It can perk you up and keep you on your toes, keep you 
uh, ready and available to think quickly and engage with questions. So nerves are natural. Okay. The second thing that you may mistake for a red flag is your career break. A career break is not a red flag. There are countless reasons why people step out of the paid workforce. Child care, elder care, continuing education, relocation, illness. These are just some examples. LinkedIn even has a special place where you can describe your career breaks in your profile. And it is no longer a red flag. I have a lot of great episodes about career breaks that you can binge if you want. Um, a lot, but I can tell you episode two and three and 11 and 12, those are four right off the bat that I remember. Listen to those. You're going to feel fantastic about your career break once you hear those, okay? The third thing that I don't want you to worry about something that is not a red flag is you don't have experience in the industry. I nope, not a red flag. The truth is that the skills that you use in one job or one industry, you can use in across industries. So if you're a teacher, for example, you have skills that you can transfer into a corporate job. All you have to do is connect the dots for the hiring manager. And I have a whole podcast episode on that as well. It's episode 23, how to get a job with no experience. So to recap, the five red flags that will cause a candidate to lose out on a job are, number one, the candidate is late. Two, the candidate hasn't done her research. Three, the candidate complains about her previous position. Four, the candidate is low energy. And five, the candidate doesn't follow up after the interview. Now that you're aware of these interview red flags, you can avoid them. And you'll be so far ahead of most people if you avoid waving these five red flags. If you have a friend who's searching for a job or who's getting ready to interview, share this episode with them. It's going to give them a leg up. And if also, if they're fretting about those three non-red flags, they will be able to relax a little bit more. So get out there. Go into your interview with confidence. You have totally got this. So until we meet again next week, take good care and know that I'm cheering you on. Hey, if you're going back to work after a career break, I have a gift to help you get started. It's my free guide, Four Simple Steps You Can Take Today to Re-Enter the Workplace. I love it because it helps you get the ball rolling in a simple, easy, manageable way. Just go to my website, careersequel.com, and click on the red box that says, Get the Four Simple Steps Now. That's careersequel.com, Get the Four Simple Steps Now. See you there.